You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Stayed on side. The late man Matthews. Great move. What a goal. Beauty. Austin Matthews. Matthews flipped it up for Marner. Mitch Marner centering. Hyman to the net. Scores. He took fast down and his shot trapped in the corner. All right, here we go. The season opener edition of Not Another Leafs podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Ken Stapon joined by Brendan McCarthy after an electric Toronto Maple Leafs 5-4 overtime win over the Montreal Canadiens. And boy, oh boy, is first place in the Scotiabank North Division feeling sweet. Man, I, I almost feel that having no fans for the Leafs is going to be like a blessing in disguise. I found it was a complete continuation of their series against Columbus, just their, their compete level in, in, in the dying, in the dying moments. And it was a back and forth affair, man. I mean, the Montreal Canadiens played a heck of a hockey game. My God, they, they are going to cause so many headaches and the Leafs are going to play them nine more times. So, wow. What yeah, a contest feeling, to open the season. Jesus. I was feeling for Austin Matthews and his uh, lower back just getting nailed like uh, by those two lumberjacks in front of the net, Shea Weber and Ben Sherratt, who were just teeing off on this guy. I was like, oh, my God. Like, he's going to have to do this nine more times. Well, he took a he took a really bad collision with Josh Anderson. So I think he really uh, took a blow to his hip or, or thigh. And then, like, the same shift, Kenny, I think he took that, uh, cross check from Weber in front of the net that would probably be the equivalent of a, a barbell hitting your back and he just looked I thought he was going to leave the bench I, I really did but he managed to, to tough it out and, and got a huge huge assist on the on the overtime winner Shea Weber is one flannel shirt away from being Paul Bunyan in front of the <laughs> Habs net that's right he like, is like legit like I, I can't think of too many defensemen, like I, I know the analytics say that his defense isn't that good, but nobody wants to go in front of the net when that guy's there because he's just got the reputation of just being just a punishing player to pay, play against. And you saw it firsthand for Austin Matthews tonight, and I thought a good job by him to fight through in front of the net all night. And like you said, nine more matchups. So 
there's not going to be any love lost between these two groups by the end of the season. And Montreal, I thought, played an excellent game. I thought that they got out early on Toronto, a couple of penalties that got Toronto behind three to one. And ultimately it was the Maple Leafs power play and some you know penalties on the Montreal side that ended up allowing the Maple Leafs to claw back into the game. So that was one of our three main takeaways as the Leafs poll that we threw up on our Twitter page at Leafs pod, follow us on Twitter as one of the three main takeaways from the game tonight. Uh, one of them was the power plays for both teams going, scoring four goals on the evening. That was big. And I think, I mean, there's a, a handful of takeaways from this hockey game for me and, and, and Nylander, the ridicule he took, at the end of the season was monstrous as we know. So for him to come back and really re-energize or really just a continuation of what we've seen, you know, Nylander doing on a consistent basis, right? Obviously that the playoffs weren't that great, but he didn't let that affect him at all. And he, it's, a continuation of what we know Nylander can do and, and what this team signed him for. And t- tonight was a good glimpse. And for him to get two goals and an assist, is just going to be huge for, for his confidence. So that's, that's the biggest takeaway. No, and I, I agree. I think that Nylander jumping out to a hot start is extremely important for this team. I thought he was the best player on the ice tonight for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, you know, he got that goal from a nice area of the ice. It's not necessarily this perimeter Willie as people have called him in the past where he just floats around and he was getting a finding space in the middle of the ice to make opportunities for himself and his teammates. And what a, what a shot to beat Perry Carey price. I mean, this guy's got, you know, he, when he gets time to cock it back and load it is one of the best shots in the league. It was a it was really, shot. It, it was really impressive to watch. I thought his game was dominant tonight. And that's good news for Toronto because they're going to need the big guns to be going, or at least some of the big guns to be going every night if they're going to be successful. So you get the two out of Nylander, you get the one goal out of John Tavares, and you get the game winner out of Morgan Riley. Those are certainly three of the horses that they're going to depend on moving down the stretch. Austin Matthews held off the score sheet for the first time in game one in his career, but did have a lot of opportunities. I believe by the end of the game, he had about 13 shot well, I attempts. Believe, Is that correct? I be- I believe he's going to actually get the secondary assist on the overtime goal. So he okay, actually so, he will pick up a point for the fifth consecutive season. Well, I was going to opener. Yeah, I was going to say um, mainly just scoring a goal. But yeah, yeah, I, okay. I guess yeah, he did. He did find the score sheet though. Then if he did get the secondary assist on the late one, but this is exactly what the blueprint of this team is. They're top heavy and they rely on their top end talent. And for Tavares and Nylander and Riley all to score in this game bodes well for the Toronto Maple Leafs to get the confidence moving. And as they said, top first place in the North division, they can feel pretty good about, you know, grinding back and fighting back to get a win tonight after going down three, one early in the second period. It may not be like a, a giant takeaway from the game itself, but a, a noticeable point in the game was when Matthews and Marner were put out in a critical moment and the and two or three minutes left in the hockey game that back, he just refused and, was adamant on, on not doing that. And Keith, you can kind of see is, is changing that fast and it's leading to better scoring opportunities for the Leafs. So that was a, a little, a little nugget towards the end that generated more chances. I believe it was before the VC goal to, to tie the game. So 
obviously it led to a Maple Leafs goal and, and ultimately a, a, a win. So Keefe is not afraid to, to play his, his big guns late. And it's, it's completely the opposite of, of Babcock's scheme. Well, I, be- I believe that Matthews and Marner both played the most of any player that's not named Morgan Riley tonight. Like Austin Matthews, 25 plus minutes. Uh, Mitch Marner, if I can find him on the score sheet here, uh, 2447. So th- that's uh, number two and number three in the game. Morgan Riley led all players with 2835. Shea Weber led the Habs with 2413. So that shows you what Sheldon Keefe is expecting out of his big guns. You would have never seen those minutes with Mike Babcock behind the bench. I mean, Austin Matthews was struggling to get 18, 19 minutes a game. But if you're going to pay the big guys, and I thought about this tonight, I was like, I feel like I haven't seen Ilya Mikheyev, Kerfoot, or that third line really at all out there. Zach Hyman was getting some reps rotated through the top, but like I wasn't sure if I just wasn't noticing them, which is kind of, I don't know, it could be like the defensive, like what people always say about defensemen. If you don't notice them, that probably means that they're doing that their was job. Exactly it's when it. you do notice them, uh, that's a problem. Exactly that. I, I did everything right tonight. They, it they was just, just kind of obviously. I don't think they produce on the score sheet, but I thought they were really effective third line. I thought it was fine. But then when you look at the minutes from the, from the big guys, it's like, then it makes sense because obviously the ice time was down for everybody else. And Sheldon Keefe is going to ride his big horses. And that's what you have to do. If you're going to pay these guys 10.5, 11 exactly. million bucks, you have to ride them to the finish line. And we were also saying how, how big of an acquisition Simmons will be in terms of just making this lineup tougher, stronger, you know, more pushback. And that was the turning point. As soon as he, he dropped the mitts and got in a scrap, he looked over at the bench. I think it was probably actually look, I think he was looking at the lease bench saying like, like, come on, let's go. Like, I don't think he was chirping, chirping the, the house bench and that got them going. No, it was certainly, it was the, certainly lease the lease bench. bench. Like wake up here, let's go. So, and that, that clicked, yeah, that, I thought that, that provided a huge, huge spark. And he was a, that's a, a no. major major takeaway from the game just his physical presence and that's something the least will value going forward it's a veteran play too right like understanding at that point in the game what your team needed because there's a right time to fight and then there's a yes. wrong time to fight you know when you're up by two goals you know mark bergevin and claude julian are probably not too happy with ben Sherratt taking that fight with wayne simmons at that point in time but for simmons a really smart time to drop the gloves. Your team serve out of the game. They're a little bit flat footed. And this is part of the reason that he was brought into Toronto. So it's making a statement to the organization that he's there to stand up for his players, for everybody that's wearing a blue shirt, makes a statement to the rest of the Canadian division that if you're going to act that way, there's somebody to answer to now that wears the blue and white. And I thought it charged up the team. After that, it was like they, you know, the rest is history, as they say. They score two, get a couple power plays going their way. They score two, tie up the game at three, and eventually go on to win it in OT. I thought it was a tremendous time to fight for Simmons. And, yeah, that's exactly what you want to see of that player at that point in the game. I know it's early, and I I, I will be objective here for both teams. I really thought Montreal's second line, Suzuki and Anderson, were phenomenal tonight. I think this is going to turn out to be one of Bergevin's best signings, best long-term signings. Josh Anderson, who missed last year, so it was a huge risk even to sign him long-term. He missed all of last year with a, I believe it was a shoulder injury. And now he comes back, he pots a pair in the season opener, and it looks like he hasn't missed a beat. So, and I should mention Josh Anderson, Burlington, Ontario native. So 
he is uh, certainly loving how he got a pair against his hometown team. Well, this is a guy as well that, you know, in the 2018-2019 season had 27 goals. So he's got that scoring touch. It's just last year he was injury plagued right from the beginning and snake bitten. Obviously Columbus, not the most offensive minded team. So that hinders you a little bit, but you just had a disappointing year. And obviously when you're signing a player that's coming off an injury like that, there is a certain amount of risk that the organization is accepting. And I thought he looked amazing tonight. I was, I was so deceived by how fast he was because, you know, you talk about these traditional power forwards. They're going to beat you in the corner. They're going to use their bodies or box people out. He was beating good. Like there was one where he took, you know, TJ Brody to the outside and basically beat him to the net, like almost turned him inside out. I was like, oh man, and an unreal game. Obviously two goals for Anderson. He's going to have his confidence up. Mark Bergevin is going to look like a genius for making that signing. And it'll be up to Max Domi to prove him wrong by having a bigger season than Anderson does in, in Columbus than Anderson has in Montreal. But certainly the early payouts are paying dividends on that trade. And Nick Suzuki, you know, what else can you say about the kid? He looks like he's going to have a very promising and established NHL career. I really liked his play tonight. And this is, um, if correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that was the dividends that came back from trading Max Pacioretty to Vegas. So obviously the expectation when you're dishing your captain is you're going to get somebody, a piece that's going to really help you, a cornerstone piece for the future. Nick Suzuki looks exactly that, exactly the part for the Montreal Canadiens and a pair of players that certainly will work into their success in the next two or three seasons. I shouldn't say Anderson play, didn't play at all last season. You're right. He, he played 26 games, but production-wise, it was a disappointing year because of that that injury. So it looks like he, he's by it now. And I think Suzuki's just going to keep growing. As, as you mentioned, Kenny, he had that phenomenal move over Riley. Riley has been on the receiving ends of some highlight <laughs> real goals, and that could yeah, have been for easily for highlight of the night. He undressed Riley, and oh, my God. I don't, I don't, I believe they were down in that, in that point of the game. So man, that Suzuki is going to be a really solid top six forward for the Canadians this year. What do you think of Jumbo Joe's first look in the blue and white? Really good. I mean, it's, it's going to be an adjustment. You can, you could obviously tell the legs aren't there, but I thought he, he kept up with Matthews and Marner quite well, kept up with the pace of play quite well. And I think it's just going to be a, a continued uh, progression transitioning with this young hockey team with Thornton. And obviously his minutes are going to be adjusted and he might not spend his entire season with, with uh, <laughs> Matthews and Warner, but yeah, I think he eventually might be like, okay, I'm going to reduce your minutes a bit and slide you down to the third and Kerfoot will play on the wing or something. But well, he was doing that a little bit tonight. He was slotting in Zach Hyman back on that yeah. first line with Matthews and Marner and yeah I was getting a good laugh because they pointed it out once on the broadcast where he's kind of was pushing Austin Matthews along with his stick like just yes. giving him a poke in the ass but then I just kept noticing him doing it like, like as the game went on every time Matthews would be like buzzing by him he just put the stick right in his ass and just give him a push I was like is this something that they've talked about in practice or what's going yeah. on here is it just the savvy veteran move you know, my legs aren't what they used to be, but my arms are still fine. So here you go, kid, go get them. You can tell too, like, I mean, obviously there's a, a couple more vets that were acquired over the last two years too. And Spezza and Simmons had a chance early on. And you can tell Simmons still has the nifty hands. He just, the pace isn't always there. And you can tell he said a little word to Spezza after the fact on the bench, just 
I, I think he said something like, that's it. Like, <laughs> I don't have enough energy after that stint <laughs> out there. Yeah, that's a that's a no fly zone at the end of the shift. Can't be yeah. uh, can't be put leading the pa- pass that much. Yeah, yeah, maybe uh, maybe he peels back and becomes a trailer on the play. Rather, um, Zach Bogosian with a pair of penalties tonight. Not necessarily the debut that you'd like to see out of the Stanley Cup champion last year with the Tampa Bay Lightning. No, a, a lot of ill ill advised plays, and Bogosian is going to look back on this game and. It's going to be a W, but it's also going to be an L for, for him individually. Cause I thought he was the worst leaf tonight. He, he took that errant hold that led to a, a Habs power play, which I believe they converted on and really just sloppy. I thought he was kind of careless in his, in his own zone. And again, there's a lot of guys we've talked about the rotating door for for the bottom pair D pairings and it's going to continue to be a rotating door and I'm, I'm sure there'll be no problem uh, on the on the Leafs management side to to constantly change that and a bunch of young guys in the pipeline Lettinen and Sandine both, both on the taxi squad so it's going to be altering if if his game doesn't keep up or pick up I should say I think this could have just been you know first game jitters you know, you're playing at the new yeah. team, trying to make an impression. You know, obviously, you don't want to. You know, you obviously don't want to take two penalties in your first game with the team in the home opener, and it's just, it's. You just it's didn't look terrible, comfortable. It's a terrible, terrible yeah. outing for Bogosian. Call it what yeah. it is. Do I? Th- but this guy's been in the league for a long time, I believe, since uh, 2002. Is that what you said earlier? <laughs> no, it's, oh uh, man, yeah, it was uh, just a, a complete. <laughs> I was like, I, I, I was went like, down I don't looking think it, there. I, I went like, down looking. I was like, I don't think that this guy's been in the league for 18 years. But <laughs> no, I, I believe it was 2008 uh, that we decided on. Regardless, Thrashers he, took him. Yes, he he's been he's been on in the league for a long time. So I expect him to bounce back after this performance tonight. I wouldn't expect to see a repeat performance in the Maple Leafs next game, but. Clearly, he can't be doing that, particularly against or at really at any point in the season, but particularly against a power play that looked very good tonight. Montreal operating at two or cashing in rather on two of three attempts against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And that's not going to cut it as the season rolls along. No, it's not. And yes, of course, it's game one. Maybe I'm a little heavy on his on his debut. But again, it's not like it's. A rookie. It's not like he was injured last year. He won a cup. It should be quite a smooth transition. You're obviously going to a different team. You're playing not on an American team. I don't know. It's it's really. I don't cut him much slack, but I'd imagine we'll see a, a much smoother Bogosian in Game Two Friday. What do you make of Frederick Anderson's game? Because you know, lighting in four. Not necessarily the best, but he did come up with big saves on more than one occasion in this game that kept his team in the game and a couple of beauties in overtime. I thought he was okay. I'd, I'd give him like a B minus tonight. He uh, he looked a little shaky at points. Obviously, giving up four to the Montreal Canadiens is going to sting a little bit because it's not a big flashy team. Right. And Anderson, I think, would like to have at least half of those goals back tonight. And it's not a sharp shooter or skillful shooter in front of you. So Anderson definitely needs to fine tune his game as well for for game two. I thought he looked uh, just okay. It did enough to get it done for me. 
Um, anytime you give up four goals, that's going to end up with a lot of losses going the other way. I know the Leafs are a talented team that can dig you out. And a couple of the goals weren't necessarily his fault as Toronto seemed to give up um, quite a few breakaways, we'll say, in this contest that were just free and clear one-on-one. So you can't blame him on every single one, but obviously four goals is not going to cut it moving into the meat of the regular season. Now I'll give him a pass tonight because I think that for the goaltending position, this is one of the most difficult ones to simulate in a scrimmage and whatever it is. You don't have the pressure. You don't have, you know, you're maybe used to all of your teammates, you know, you sort of have that rapport going back and forth. You're seeing a lot of the same guys at practice. And then all of a sudden you get tossed into a game and there's a, you know, player coming down on you on a breakaway that you aren't used to seeing all the time. So I, I agree with you. I think that probably there was a couple that he would have liked to have had back tonight, but he came up with the big saves when he needed them. And that's what you, that's what the championship goaltenders do is they'll let in a couple, but he slammed the door in OT and was able to give his team an opportunity to go down and score the game winner. And at the end of the day, he's one and oh, the Toronto Maple Leafs are one and oh, and they're atop the Scotiabank North division. And we're always talking about that 13th, 14th forward and who's going to get a, a shot to take out someone struggling in the bottom six. I thought Barabanov was excellent tonight. I mean, feisty guy. I believe he's 5'9", 5'10", but still like a big-bodied guy. You know, he's not afraid to to block a shot or, or dive and block a shot. I believe he blocked the Petrie or Weber slap shot that led to a pretty big Simmons chance. And I thought he was just ferocious on I, I don't even think he hit double digits in ice time but you notice when he was out there he can he can fl- he can fly well this is the kind of player that you need in the bottom six of your lineup is a player like Barabanov who is willing to go in there he's going to go into the corners into the dirty areas not afraid to take a hit not afraid to give a hit not afraid to dive in front of pucks regardless of who's going to wind up and try to tee one up so I thought it was a really nice game for Barabanov again Um, not a guy that was jumping out for me like during the game, but I thought there was a couple of nice plays that he had, uh, particularly the blocked shot that you had just mentioned. And like we said before, for these bottom six guys, generally it's what you don't notice or the less that you notice the better game. Usually it means that they're having. Um, I thought that a couple of times they were able to, you know, generate some, some cycling of the puck down low in the offensive zone for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, Hopefully they can continue to grow some chemistry as the season moves along. Let's go to the three stars. And now it's time for the three stars. Hey, thanks, Joe. The three stars as made famous on Maple Leafs game night and made famous by every NHL game ever post game. Um, Who do you got at number three? Number three, I am going to go with Nick Suzuki. I thought he had an excellent game, some really crappy plays, found the back of the net, and he was Montreal's best player tonight. I'm going to give three Bs to Wayne Simmons, too, because he kind of sparked the league's comeback. But we'll say 3A was Suzuki. I'm going to go with, yeah. I'm going to go with Morgan Riley for three. The game-winning goal tonight uh, led the Toronto Maple Leafs and all players, for that matter, in ice time. It's going to be essential he's able to continue that moving into the regular season. And I fully expect him to alongside his new D partner, TJ Brody. Um, And obviously with the game winner, 
that's uh, that's good enough for me to solidify his position in the third star. Who do you have at number two? I'm going to say Riley at number two. I thought he was the least best defenseman tonight. Obviously going to be playing hero, potting the OT winner, but also was just a horse defensively. He had that incredible defensive play. Montreal was on the fast break, dive, broke it up. Just great to see. And he deserves my number two. I'm going with Josh Anderson at number two. I thought that he had an excellent, nice. excellent game for the Montreal Canadiens. So impressive. I was so impressed with his bounce back after a disappointing year. New team. You know, there's a lot of pressure. And if you've watched Montreal Twitter at all over the last several weeks, everybody's been talking about how awesome this player is. Well, he looked awesome tonight. He completely fit the role. A pair of goals for Anderson. Deceptive speed. Big physicality. He's making Mark Bergevin look like a genius for picking him up in the tr- exchange for Max Domi, a solid second star for me tonight. Anyone watching? Well, not, I think everybody was watching the game tonight. <laughs> I would every assume hockey, I every hockey fan, people. every hockey fan was, yeah. was tuning into the Leafs Habs tonight, but did Bergevin, I, I think he's lost a bit of weight, but he and, and Shanahan look similar. It's like uncanny. Did you notice that? Maybe it's the hair. Maybe it's the, the off season changes, but my roommate brought it up and I was like, wait, I, I, can't i can't unsee that maybe it's just because when you become uh <laughs> when you become one of the higher ups and <laughs> why these original six organizations you yeah. slowly start to age five years for every year that you're <laughs> that you're in the organization so both uh, of them are just gonna look like they're 80 years old in the next two or three years <laughs> yeah they, they could just be brothers or at this point i don't know but uh numero uno I'm same for star yeah it has Bill to be neilander you have anything else to add? I mean, two goals. I thought he had an outstanding game. The best may believe we outlined it earlier. Like he was absolutely unreal for Toronto tonight and three points in the contest. Um, a great start for him. And, you know, kudos because he hasn't gotten out to necessarily the best start the past couple seasons. I think this yeah. is big for his confidence and big for the organization. If you can get out to a hot start early. Well, as I said before, this is a, a continuation of what he's done successfully uh, on long stints with the Leafs and the only really black cloud what was the playoffs and I think he's really going to bounce back effectively from that this is I think this is just the beginning it's it's early to get on a, a player train but he looked really smooth really really smooth this is a side note but since we're finished with the three stars I saw this actually today on Twitter so I'm just going to toss it out to you have you ever seen the series all or nothing on Amazon Prime I have not. Okay, so there's a bunch of them, but basically they're an inside look at the organiz- a professional organization. Like they did the Tottenham Hotspurs, they did uh, Manchester City, they did the Brazil football team. Um, they did, they've done a bunch of NFL teams. I believe they've done the Panthers, they've done the Eagles, and the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to be featured on that program for the upcoming season. Like Amazon's making the documentary with the Leafs right now. And it's going to be unbelievable. I don't know if you haven't seen it, man. It's so awesome. Like it's basically like the blueprint on steroids because they're like 45 minute episodes. They're hour long episodes. There's like 10 episodes in a season and you get to see the progression from start to finish. You get to see the practices. You get to see the coaching staff. You get to see them working with the trainers in the locker room. You get to see everything. It's, it's crazy. I'm, I'm so excited that they're going to be featured. That's sweet. And and what a what an honor, really, to to be chosen. It is, and the Maple Leafs deserve it. I mean, they're one of the biggest NHL franchises. I think it's going to give the fans 
a really good look at what goes on behind the scenes from uh, the presidential standpoint, Brendan Shanahan from Kyle Dubis to the ownership at MLSE and now Larry Tannenbaum. Now I'm not certain how much they're going to want to be featured in the thing is they uh, usually like to have their meetings more behind closed doors as it seems, but just an excellent, excellent opportunity for the fan base to get a good look at what goes on behind, like behind closed doors for this organization. And we can only hope for the fan base's sake that, they take a little bit of a run because it'd be so much better to watch uh, what's going on. If they can uh, make a little bit of a deeper cut into the playoffs this year. That'd be unbelievable. And we've kind of got like glimpses of it through the HBO specialty shows or those winter classic type dressing room behind the scenes. It's, it's kind of like the equivalent to that. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Uh, it just basically extended like every single game. So it's going to be absolutely unreal. All right. Uh, look ahead now for the Maple Leafs. Now that they got win number one in the column, uh, albeit Google is still saying they're fifth in the North. So update Google. We're first in the Scotiabank North division, uh, a pair of matches against the Ottawa senators this weekend, back to back Friday, Saturday, what are the expectations moving into those contests? Well, it's going to be a similar similar style of approach for, for the Ottawa Senators. And they, they play a similar style game to the Canadians. I think it's going to be high scoring once again. And, you know, Ottawa has, has also really given the Leafs headaches in, in the past. And typically season openers feature Leafs or Habs like tonight or Leafs sends. And it, it typically favors uh, the, the opposition the Leafs are facing, quite frankly. I mean, tonight's game could have gone either way. Friday and Saturday, back-to-back against the same team. I mean, it's going to be like a playoff series. So I'd imagine Friday will especially be tight, and the Saturday night is probably going to be just as fiery and competitive. I think this is an excellent opportunity for the Maple Leafs to secure six points right out of the gate. They got the hard ones tonight, I think, against the Montreal Canadiens, and it's been well-documented that Ottawa is rebuilding. And as much as I love a lot of their young players, you know, I love Thomas Shabbat. I love Brady Kachuk. Timmy, Timmy Stutzla looks like he's going to be the real deal, but he has to prove they can do it at the NHL level, albeit I don't think he's going to have any issues contributing. I'm just not sure that he's a bona fide first-line winger at this point in his career in the first season. It remains to be seen. But this group is just not ready to compete at this point, or they're not expected to compete, I should say. I mean, tell Brady Kachuk that this group isn't ready to compete. He was suggesting before the season that making the playoffs is a reasonable expectation for his group. And with Matt Murray between the pipes, it's who knows what you're going to get out of him. If he's playing in Stanley Cup form, then look out the rest of the North Division. But he struggled last year in Pittsburgh, obviously leading for him to get pushed out of town in favor of Tristan Jari. So, I think this is a real, real opportunity for Toronto to start off the street season strong with three straight wins and uh, then reset before uh, a bout with Winnipeg in the following week. It's really interesting, too, with these new division layouts. And there's going to be so much more familiarity. You're going to understand team style, team scheme, systems, and everything. You're going to understand matchups, you know, center versus center defensive matchups it's it's really just going to be like a little round robin tournament and you're only focusing on six other teams so it makes the the coach's life much easier to 
try and understand or just kind of relaying the same message of what each team, you know, brings. And it's, it's again, I, I, I'd like to think they get back-to-back wins and have six points when you wake up Sunday morning, but I think you're going to see a lot, a lot of pushback from Ottawa. I could see the Leafs getting one, but I don't think Ottawa's going to let them take the other. No, well, they aren't going to roll over for sure, but no. I'm just, I'm just suggesting that with the talent on this Leafs roster and what the expectations yes. are this year to get Ottawa twice out of the gate could be a really good opportunity for them to take advantage of what's a less talented franchise. Like, just call no, it what, fair. like, just call it what it is, you know, like the center. They keep making these good. sneaky upgrades and it's just kind of like, <laughs> what do you, I don't, ah, like, can you compete or can you, like, can you be like a sneaky, like lower seed? I, like, I think they're going to be a, pieces. I think they're, they're going to be as buried as everybody thinks they are. You know, like all the projections have them finishing seventh in the division. And I was talking today, I wouldn't be surprised if they can maybe bump up a spot and maybe be in sixth place or something like mm-hmm. that. But right. like, it's not a surprise that everybody's picking them for seventh. Now, how far behind sixth they are is what the real question is going to be, because it seems like everybody's got the other six teams in Canada lumped into the potential playoff teams and then Ottawa's out. So, but I would not be surprised at all at the end of the year, if they're just, you know, five points, six points behind, it's not just going to be like they're buried in the basement, like the Detroit Red Wings last year or something like that. It's just automatic. Yeah. Right, they they have three players competing for the NHL masters all at, you know, minus 25 on the season or something. Oh, atrocious. Absolutely atrocious. And now Dylan Larkin has to captain that team for, the foreseeable future quick jump around the league uh, the philadelphia flyers beat the pittsburgh penguins six to three tampa bay up five nothing on chicago with uh, just a couple minutes left in the third so certainly it looks like that one's going to be over and then vancouver edmonton st louis colorado also in action tonight so we'll see how those ones pan out as we move into the evening uh let's head to the library bar So we haven't mixed this segment in in the last couple pods as we're going to try to sort of get a little bit of a bigger rotation for our segments. But you suggested that we had to bring it back for tonight because of a Toronto Raptors player who has been struggling. Who do you have at the library bar, BMAC? Well, it has to go to Pascal Siakam because it's just been back-to-back heartbreaks, iso ball, same situation. You got to think he's at some Tampa COVID friendly bar or some amenities. I don't know. He's got to be, he's got to be having a bevy because that was just soul crushing the back to back nights where give the ball to your star and he doesn't capitalize. So I'm going to say Pascal is at the library bar. I'm also going to say James Harden, but he is elated. Oh, oh man. James Harden is enjoying himself now. Steve Nash, for me, is going to be at the library bar now that you mentioned it, head coach of the Brooklyn Nets, as now he has to try to figure out how to manage three of the biggest personalities in the NBA, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and James Harden, three ball-dominant players. Steve Nash is going to be sitting there drinking a Maker's Mark Manhattan, 
trying to figure out how he's going to manage these three personalities and where maybe he can talk to the referees and he can get three balls on the court at the same time, because that's the only way that these three guys are going to be happy if they're all on the court at the same time. I really think this is going to be such a big disaster for Brooklyn. Like it's going to be be a nightmare. I just don't think they'll they'll play Harden and Kyrie together ever. It's gonna so be, what? One of them's gonna, gonna come and, off gonna, the bench. They're gonna try and form, like what are you gonna do? They're gonna try and form the the familiarity from the OKC 2011-2012 days with Durant and Harden, and I think it's gonna mesh well instantly. And they'll just kind of like dabble in Irving a little bit with Harden, but they're not gonna because I feel like th- those two out of the three would butt heads the most, and and Nash is gonna limit that and only play them together modified minutes i think that kyrie irving isn't even with the team as well right now yeah he, oh yeah he's like he peaced out i think like, i think like i don't know exactly what was going on but i'm pretty sure that he just like is super pissed off that the nets hired steve nash and he's like they're butting heads and so he just basically just was like screw this i'm out of here you're Steve and like a. nobody and like nobody knows where he is or like what's going on. No, I didn't. I didn't hear it. Enlighten me. <laughs> Stephen A. was like Kyrie Irving should retire. He should retire from the game of basketball. I'm like, what? He just, <laughs> like, uh, he, just he opened that. He opened that today, and everyone, the Twitter world was just freaking out. And I, I, I just think it's Kyrie being Kyrie. He's a, he's a inquisitive dude, and he has yeah. some some opinions that I feel like he just wants to get aroused out of people. He, he doesn't always really mean it, I feel. And obviously, he's one of the greatest players in the NBA. I don't think he's done. He, no, he's, he's not, not even, done. He's, he's just done with uh, done with dealing with other people, I think. It's like he doesn't, he's not a good teammate. He's not good in the locker room. So I think that's where Stephen A is coming from. It's just like, get the hell out of here then. Yeah, Nash is just putting it to bed as best as he can. But now he's got to deal with another big personality, as you said. So incoming let's move to around the league so did a quick little around the league before but uh let's actually get into a couple of the stories the flyers over the penguins 6-3 as mentioned before um i don't know if you saw this story today but tortorella basically just absolutely roasted your boy pierre-luc dubois like to the media, they were asking him about what the situation is. And he was basically, Taurus was just like, yeah, he wants out. Like, we're trying to figure it out. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it just didn't shield him at all. And uh, Chris Johnson was saying in the pregame show on, on Sportsnet that he reached out to the agents and the agent didn't really have a comment because he didn't want to throw any more fuel on the fire. Oh, this is God. your boy Tortorella, just a I veteran coach. Torts, man. He's just He's a veteran great. coach. Usually the players have the leverage in these negotiations, but this time it was a veteran coach against a younger player who just like basically just completely torched him. I, I, I wish more coaches were like that. It's just, it's, it's great. It's great for sound bites. It's great for post game. It's we need more of it. Mark stone named the captain of the Vegas golden Knights. No surprises there, right? No surprises there. It feels like every guy who leaves Ottawa just becomes instantly better. And one of them <laughs> uh, is Mark Stone goodness. to, to pick Carlson. an easy one. That's an exception. You're right. But Mark Stone, man, what a stud. And again, here's another gem who went, what, fifth fifth draft? Uh, fifth round? Fifth round. I was going to say fifth draft. 
<laughs> yeah, you're absolutely in one today. No, no. fifth round, uh, like, I don't know, 2012 or something. And he's just really taken over this league. And now as a, as a guy who wasn't even in a, a top 10, gets to captain a team, top 10 in the draft, I mean, it's, it's incredible. And he's earned it. He certainly has, and one of the best defensive forwards in the game. He's been well touted for his defensive ability, but also a lot of offensive pedigree as well. I believe he led the Vegas Golden Knights in playoff scoring last year during their run and expect him more of the same from him moving into this season as he continues to sharpen up his offensive game as well. So just a really good guy on and off the ice, glue guy in the locker room. No surprises here. No surprises that he's named the captain and well-deserving. And another guy named the captain, uh, your boy, Dylan Larkin, named captain Isn't of the Red Wings. Boy? I don't know. <laughs> I've, I've just been saying your boy a lot. I think I've uh, picked No, you've always nailed it. I've never had it. Like, I will correct you. Like, no, it's not my boy. Like, I don't. Like, it's Mikheyev. <laughs> like, you, you said one where it actually clicks. But Dylan Larkin, we can't associate the two. But, yes, congrats. Yeah, Dylan. Okay, D- Dylan Larkin, not your boy. But no surprise <laughs> there either, right? It, oh stinks I, I i feel bad for him but it's it's an honor given the history of the detroit red wings but man that guy's career is just getting steward i don't know there, there's not there's nothing promising like there's not a piece other than larkin that is is promising i i, I really it's it's a great honor but it it obviously isn't the same effect as as stones in in vegas right like there just, just doesn't seem to be any hope for, for that franchise in the red wings no, he's the franchise piece for certain. And I think the biggest hope that they have is now that they have Stevie Y at the helm after what he was able to build in Tampa Bay, but Rome wasn't built in a day and it's going to take some time to sort out the mess. That was the Detroit Red Wings after Ken Holland's left, just a ton of terrible contracts that they had to kind of just wait out and really start fresh with, like you said, not a whole ton of pieces there. that are really worthwhile to anybody else in the league. No. And a lot of, guys who are aging incredibly fast in the league like Philpola just terrible AAVs and yeah a lot of really crappy crappy contracts that it really are hard to move and it's a, a tough spot for given the 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 skill level of Larkin just to update the poll here after it's uh, been up for a little while here the what was the main takeaway from tonight's Maple Leafs game uh, Bill Nye with two goals. Simmons coming as advertised for power plays in the game. Uh, right now, Bill Nye with a pair of goals leads at just shy of 50%. Wayne Simmons coming in at as advertised at just over 37% and four power plays in the goal in the game. People less enthused about that, just over 10%. So people aren't that excited about the fact that Montreal's power play contributing just as much as the Toronto Maple Leafs power play did tonight. And, uh, our, our boy Richard Blosser at rbloss64. Morgan Morgan Riley, I, I, I think he needs to edit that because it's just a complete butchering of, of Riley's surname. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. Let's go to the tweet of the day. Yes, let's do that. Okay, then... now, now... <laughs> okay, now go ahead. <laughs> oh, God. And your tweet of the day, ladies and gentlemen, Richard Glosser. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Anyway, this guy, great, great guy, I'm sure. Lee fan, host of the Grit. Uh, That's definitely the criteria. Great, great guy, Lee fan. (laughs) 
great contributor, gets gets it done. Morgan Relayley has ended the game. Good night, Canada. I, don't I didn't know who Morgan even. Relayley is. <laughs> I didn't even notice they spelled it wrong when uh when I retweeted that actually. The amount of times and and Mike Riley, a defenseman, I don't think he even is part of the Canadians organization anymore. But the amount of times when when the Leafs and Habs are playing each other and they get that mixed up, the spelling, it's like Morgan Riley scores the E first and then you know it's I first, R I E. You know the rest. Yeah, I've uh, I've done that more than once. Just it just seems like the the e should come before the i. But then I, I remember my grammar training in middle school. I before e, except, except after, after c. c. So there's no c in Riley. <laughs> yes. so that should make yes. me remember that r i e l l y. My tweet yeah. of the day is from James Myrtle. Um, Fourteen shots attempted for Austin Matthews tonight, and more than. 25 minutes assisted on the OT winner, 13 faceoff wins, sometime on the PK, not bad. So basically just a summary of Austin Matthews box score, but I thought a really impressive contest for Austin Matthews tonight, despite only finding one assist on the score sheet. And as we stated before, the big guys are going to need to be rolling. And I thought that Matthews was certainly uh, played that part tonight for the team. And one last thing to, What's really noticeable too is Montreal stamina in, in terms of their skill. I'll say their skill stamina cannot could not pick up with the Leafs mid-second onward. But they will always wear you down in the physical aspect of that. A great wear and tear team, but there's gonna be a point. I was saying to to Spencer, my roommate, there's there's a point in the game where they're just gonna fall flat and rely on price. And the Leafs' top guns are going to be their top guns, as they should, because they make monstrous money. So, again, a really, really hard-fought game from the Canadians. To get four on on the Maple Leafs, which I never thought I'd say, is is big, con- considering the, the talent they possess and the, the caliber, caliber goalie in Anderson. It was a great game. It was a great game to kick off this season, man. Final thought, I think it's kind of a wasted opportunity for Montreal. I thought that they had a good chance to jump out ahead of Toronto in the division. Scoring four goals is not going to come easily for this team because they don't have the top end, top end talent. They got depth out the yin yang. They got depth out the yin yang. They probably have four, you know, second or third lines. Like even the fourth line is expected to be a difference maker, but they don't have the top end scoring. And that's going to be really difficult for this team down the stretches. You know, if you end up in a lot of, you know, two, one, three, two games, and you're just losing those because you don't have the top ends. Now, do I think that this team still has enough to get it done? I do, but I don't think that there's going to be too many opportunities where you're going to be seeing this team putting up a four or five spot on the opposition. And when they do, the expectation will be that their defense and carry price can keep less than four out of their own net so they can get the W and they were able to weren't able to do that tonight. But at the end of the day, it's a five, four dub and two so, points in the win column. Kenneth, it's a five, four Maple Leafs win over the Montreal Canadiens in the season opener for the 2021 NHL season, a pair of games on the docket this weekend against the Ottawa senators on Friday and Saturday, the back to back will re-record on Sunday for the new episode released on Monday. Thanks for listening to this episode of Leafs Pod on the Hockey Podcast Network. Good night, Maple Leaf fans. First place in the Scotiabank North Division.